I'm the best in the world at what I do. I've been the best since day one. On this microphone, in the booth, in my bed, I live it. I breathe it. I am it. Welcome to the Soldier. Enough. Being the king of the castle stuff Donnie who Best in the world of what the fuck I do Blue collar hero Cause the struggles in my fucking room Check Or sanitarium. What are you crazy, Jay Z? You bury them. I get you drug out the club, they have to carry them. Your head bug out, I raid niggas scary. Worry, I'm not the Mike Jordan or the Mike McCord. It's Kobe, baby. You Kobe, maybe. Tracy McGrady. 
Matter of fact, you a Harold Miner, J.R. Ryder, washed up on marijuana. Even worse, you a purpose, Ellis, you worthless fella. You ain't no athlete, you Sean Bradley. And I ain't talking to nobody in particular. My flow's just a hickler. Homicide when I'm picking up dust. Anybody in my path is a car crash waiting to happen, nigga. What? I got my foot on the toes, on the post of this rap game, and I ain't letting up. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the nicest? Life or lifeless on these mic devices, and I don't write this. I just mic this. I will it to happen. One take hold. I'm really just rapping. My new name is Just the Facts. Why the rest of y'all just just the facts? Put words together, just to match. I say what I feel, y'all just to that. I do the opposite of y'all, so I just attract the real audience. Usually on just the black. Know my flow and the shit they go through just match like the sound of my voice and the choice just track. I just tackle the something black from the public is nothing. I know real niggas happen to love it. But if you don't like it and look in the mirror, most likely you ain't living, so you don't get it. You ain't did it, so you can't vision. The picture I'm painting ain't vivid. The language I'm spitting is so foreign to you. She was starving to do to you, growing up hard in a little apartment to do to you. <laughs> I'm just talking to you. What up, people? Welcome to another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie U podcast, featuring the one and only Donnie U. Best of water, what he does. Yeah, man. If you couldn't tell, your boy Donnie is definitely on one this week. <laughs> you wonder why Donnie is in a great mood. Eh, don't let the tone fool you. I'm not really in a great mood. I'm in a standard mood. I'm in a satisfactory, satisfactory mood. But I'm not really in a great mood. You wonder know why I'm not in a great mood? Because the injury here, the injury there, injuries, injuries, injuries everywhere my new york jets jets suffered two catastrophic injuries this past weekend in a victory against the denver broncos we lost our rookie of the year candidate Brees hall to an acl injury to an ACL and I believe a damaged uh, meniscus. We lost our potential all-pro offensive lineman. Uh, shoot, uh, just tackle, guard, just overall offensive lineman. Elijah Vera Tucker for the year. With a torn tricep injury. And we did not come out unscathed in the right receiver area. In which Corey Davis is dealing with a knee injury. In which he's slated. Or should I say he's on the injury report at day to day. And that's just my New York J-E-T at Jets. The New York football giants did not come out of this weekend slate of games unscathed untouched by the injury bug their center oh what braided in he has a knee injury not sure um how long he's at actually expected to be out of action 
rookie offensive lineman, Evan Neal. Or first-year offensive lineman. I get confused. Matter of fact, first year. I think this is the second year. Offensive lineman, Evan Neal, with a knee injury. And the tight end. What the fuck is his name? Let me check it out now. Oh, I'm letting y'all know right now. Donnie's a little lit. For my younger heads out there, for my uh, older heads, Donnie, uh, yeah, Donnie's had a couple drinks, a couple shots. So, Donnie's a little inebriated right now. So that usually means this episode is going to be live evil, live evil, live evil. Bellinger. Bellinger's out with, a, I believe, the diagnosis was a cracked orbital bone. So he's out for the foreseeable future. Even when he comes back, his vision is definitely going to be impaired. So both the New York teams are dealing with catastrophic injuries. But it's better to lick your wounds over said injuries in victories, and that's what these two teams accomplished this past weekend. So, yeah, I will get more in-depth in the JETS Jets victory over the Broncos and the New York Football Giants. Actually proved me wrong, but actually I'm not that mad that they proved me wrong in their victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars. Yeah. Also on deck will be the return of a very popular segment. And the reason I'm bringing this segment back to the masses, or should I say for the masses, is the amount of abysmal play that I witnessed this past weekend. I watched two games in total. I watched the New York Football Giants go against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And in the nightcap, I watched the New York J-E-T-S Jets go against the Denver Broncos. I did not watch the Sunday night offering the Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the Miami Dolphins. No, I didn't watch that. But I did watch some of the Monday night offering of the New England Patriots hosting the Chicago Bears in an upset of upsets. But there was a lot of abysmal play this past weekend. So I had to bring back the long-awaited return of one of the most popular segments in podcasting history. These fuckers are trash. Yeah, there was a lot of trash fucking play this past weekend. And a lot of that trash-ass play caused your boy Donnie fucking oh a lot of coin. Or should I say, potential coin. So, no, there will not be Donnie doesn't know what the fuck he's doing segment this week. It will be replaced by these fuckers are trash. A.K.A. the amount of coin that I lost potentially. And around the National Football League. That will be in the these fuckers are trash segment. And yes, last but not least, 
even though I did say a couple episodes ago, so that means a couple weeks ago, that baseball season was said and done, over with, for yours truly. My New York Mets got unceremoniously ushered out of the fake postseason, which was the wild card series by the San Diego Padres. Two to one. Hundred game vic hundred game win season. Hundred and one games win season. All for naught. So I did say that I was not going to talk about baseball because my baseball season was over until the hot stove season. But I have told y'all that Donnie Ooh is an asshole. But I would try to contain my assholeness in this episode. But the reason Donnie Ooh is a fucking asshole is because I'm going to revel in the misery of the Yankees elimination in the American League Championship Series round. Not only did they get eliminated, no, 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 no. They did super. Mark sweep. They were swept by their arch nemesis, the Houston Astros. So the World Series lineup is the Houston Astros against the Philadelphia Phillies. So now, now officially, baseball season is over. Because I don't give a fuck about neither one of those teams. But I did say that I would make an exception this year. Because normally I do not revel in the misery of the Yankees. But this year is a very, very special occasion. This year I would make a very, very big exception. And dance on the grave of those Bronx Bombers, of those New York Stankies. But I would do so with a little bit of decorum. Also, this is just an opportunity to uh, remind all of y'all that Donnie was fucking right about everything I've said all season leading up to this particular Yes, so that is what is on deck this week. Before I get this shit up and running, I would love, I would like to take a time out to thank each and every one of y'all for making me and this here podcast the one y'all chose to listen to. <laughs> so, look, I'm gonna, I got to sprinkle a little old school here. Trust me, this is going to be a throwback like none other. So, without further ado, let's get this shit on the road, huh? Good night, and goodbye. Bye! There was two separate incidents that happened this week that has proved to me, Donnie, ooh, long-suffering... J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets fan. This year made 40 
years of my fandom. But there's two incidents that happened this week that actually disproved, or should I say proved to me that potentially there's a turn in the tide. Potentially we are not the same old Jets. You know, the SOJ. One one incident was uh, depressing, to say the least. Our budding budding rookie, running back, Brees Hall, won a Ray candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year this season. Um, Suffered a catastrophic ACL, torn ACL, this past Sunday against the Denver Broncos. In the game, in the play that he got injured on was very innocuous. You wouldn't have thought that he was going to be injured by the replay. I mean, yes, his his leg did get twisted and, and, and rolled up. But when he walked off the field, there was some there was a slim amount of optimism that, oh, maybe it's not that bad. But then when he went in the tent, and then when he got in the cart to go into the locker room, that's when we knew that this scare was more than uh what we suspected. Disconnected. Normally, and I actually tweeted out as such, I'm like, why can't we have nice things? We, meaning the Jets. Every time we have a little inch of success, it's snatched and taken away from Gang Green Nation. And I wanted and I wondered aloud, why? Is this still the curse that's been placed upon this franchise since 1969? Well, 1968, when Joe Namath predicted correctly that we were going to win the Super Bowl. And that was the impetus for what we now know as the National Football League, both the AFC and the NFC. We mer- our victory caused the merger of the AFL and the NFL. And there was always rumors that maybe that Joe Namath sold his soul to the devil to get that victory. That's why we've had... Bad luck upon bad luck upon bad luck. Now, you're probably wondering to yourself, like, okay, you told us the bad news, so what has happened that made you uh, do a 180 on your initial thought? The Jets in past years would have sat on the laurels, would have been like, well, you know, we did we we drafted Brees Hall, but last year we drafted Michael Carter. So therefore it's just gonna be Carter's show. And we do have a 
a competent backup in Ty Johnson. And we're just going to run with the pieces that we have on deck, on hand. Joe Douglas, the general manager, said, fuck all that. No. We're going for it. They pulled off a trade late Monday evening with the Jacksonville Jaguars for their running back, James Robinson. It was a straight-up trade running back for six-round pick that depending on the output of James Robinson can turn into a fifth-round pick, meaning if we give up if we're giving up a fifth round pick, that means James Robinson has been productive. And that still allows us, still allows Matt LaFleur to implement the two-headed running back system that he wanted to do. It allows us to not overwork Michael Carter, in which he's very talented, but last year proved to us that you cannot overload him with the workload because he did suffer numerous concussions last year and especially this year with the concussion protocol being kind of overhauled in the wake of Tua Tagovailoa's uh, incident a couple Thursdays ago you do not want to be caught with your pants down on your knees you don't want to have your number one running back in concussion protocol and all you have is Ty Johnson so, we're being proactive and not reactive and read the market and said, you know what? Jacksonville has no need for James Robinson, who has been a good running back in his brief three-year history. But one thing is not being said in the media that has me very concerned. James Robinson had an AC, uh, had a Achilles tendon injury last year. There's probably a reason why Jacksonville drafted um, NTN or, or, or the dude from Clemson. Besides the fact that he was Trevor Lawrence's running mate in Clemson. Makes me wonder if they feel that James Robinson lost a step. Now, if he's productive, look, there's no way in hell we expect him to replace the output that Brees Hall was has done and was projected to do for the duration of the season. No, 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 no. But if he can just keep our offense on schedule with the running game and allow us to still uh, spoon feed our second-year quarterback, Zach Wilson, who I will be talking about in a very few minutes, if he allows us to continue doing that, then the trade is a success. And if he does not, unfortunately, that'll put a big cramp into our playoff plans, but it only costs a six-round pick. The reason why I say this is a change, a shift in the culture, is because we stand at the record of five wins, two losses. In the next four weeks, in the next month, this is the, these are the games that we have to play. We have New England, we're hosting New England at home Halloween Eve at MetLife Stadium. Then the next week, we face 
the division leading, the Super Bowl favorite to come out the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. Then we go on a bye week, and then coming off the bye, we visit New England again. This time on the road. What I saw this past week, well, should I say what I saw last night, or should I say Monday night in New England, I have, once again, I have no fear on their offense, especially with our defense playing the domin- in a domination, dominating fashion that it is playing. I mean, I do definitely have uh, concerns offensively because Zach Wilson against the Bill Belichick-led defense, it's going to be trouble. But then you think about it, Justin Fields went into New England on a Monday night and put up 33 points. They beat them 33-14. And I believe the New York Jets are the infinitely better team than the Chicago Bears. So I should not have that much fear, but I, I have respect. This is Patriots Week, baby! You know what Patriots Week is? For the first time in who knows how many years, we actually have... It's actually... Uh, Potentially, we might be able to win. I believe we haven't beat New England since the 2015 season. Second to last game of the season. We beat them in overtime with the Eric Decker touchdown catch in overtime. That's the last time we beat New England. So that's 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. We've lost to them six years straight. 12-game losing streak. The time is ours. The time is now. Before I get too carried away, there is one, one, one big glaring problem that we do have, and that is the progression of our second-year quarterback, Zach Wilson. The last two weeks, Zach Wilson has regressed in my eyes. Now, I'm not saying now now it's 50-50 if you think about it. His mobility has allowed him to escape numerous times that he would have been sacked, allowed us to stay in field goal range, allowed us to stay in range for to convert first down first downs on third down, even though I believe the last two weeks there's a stat if I'm I'm not that accurate but i believe the stat is on third downs we're like five of 29 on third down conversions but yet we've won the last two but that's not sustainable zach wilson has this bad habit when he's trying to escape the rush to run back and back and back and circle and, and, and run around this circle and then he loses track on where he's at and where the rushes are at and luckily, the last two weeks, he's been able to shovel the ball far enough that, number one, it hasn't been called for uh, intentional grounding. And number two, he hasn't been called for fumbles. Like I said last week, like I said the week before, Power on. 
Zach Wilson has the skill set of a Patrick Mahomes, of an Aaron Rodgers. He just does not have the experience in trying to implement that skill set. And with the loss of Brees Hall, even though, yes, we did pick up James Robinson, with the loss of Brees Hall, there's going to be more put on his plate. You know, I was just about to transition to the New York football giants, but maybe maybe because of my inebriated state, I almost forgot of the biggest controversy coming out of last week. So much so, I was actually going to go live on the YouTube streets last week, but a combination of laziness, procrastination, and... Just saying, you know what? I'll just save it for the mothership, the flagship, if you will. I decided against it. Second year wide receiver, Elijah Moore, last week in practice. Through a tantrum. So much so that uh, Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur, after being cursed out by Elijah Moore, based on his usage in recent games, they sent him home. You know, pretty much take a couple deep breaths. Get your head right. And uh, come back the next day ready to roll. You know what this cocksucker did? He went home. And as soon as he went home to spend time with his family, quote unquote, that's what they said initially to the media. He goes on social media and requests a trade. Because he feels like he's not being targeted enough. He's not part of the offense enough. Motherfucker, who do you think you are? You've played a total of, what, 19 games in the league? You had a nice little four-game, a four-week stretch last year four or five games stretched last year in which you put up very great numbers. But it hasn't been consistent. And the fact that you, Elijah Moore, second year nobody, would choose the time and the place in which the New York JETS 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 were riding a three-game winning streak, now currently four, to express your displeasure in your usage in the offense was disgusting, was despicable. Robert Sala handled this potential controversy very well, in my humble opinion. He said the right things media-wise, and he told Elijah Moore, stay home. You're not getting, you're not gonna get dressed, you're not gonna travel with the team. And oh, by the way, you're not getting traded. So take these couple days to uh recalibrate yourself, and we'll see you back in Florham Park Monday afternoon, Monday morning. He implored the rest of the team to not ostracize Elijah Moore for his momentarily, momentary, momentary. Immaturity. And I believe this was a very 
this was a teaching moment from Robert Sala. This was a moment in which his quest to uh, implement a culture, a culture change in the New York Jets franchise and New York Jets organization could have took a turn for the worse, but it didn't. Yes. Source Garden said it said had said a couple of words on social media, pretty much implying that Elijah Moore was being selfish. There is news that came out of that infamous practice that when he threw his his helmet down, second year offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker stopped Elijah Moore, told him, "Yo, you forgot something. You got to pick up that helmet. We don't do that here." And Elijah Moore fell in line. Elijah Moore is getting a lot of bad advice. One of his big bros in the league is A.J. Brown, formerly of the Tennessee Titans, currently of the Philadelphia Eagles, in which A.J. Brown went to social media with the hashtag Free Elijah. I believe right before or immediately thereafter the trade request. Whoever is advising Mr. Moore is giving him the absolute wrong advice. So what are we to do? I see us going into our bye week at a record of six and three. I believe we're going to win against New England. Because New England, like I said, and I will save until later, fucking trash. And I believe we will hold firm against Buffalo. But Buffalo's just overwhelming talent. And the experience of what to do with that talent will probably lead them to victory. But we will have our revenge later on this season. Injury here. Injury there. Injuries everywhere. So now I done gave you the gangrene point of view of the injuries. Guess I should give you big blue in this side as the injuries turn i swear this is almost like a weekly ritual nowadays now that basketball season is back in uh back in effect back in action uh me trying to record this and try to be you know timely in the release it's coinciding with my golden state Warriors. yes playing on TV at the time of my recording is which is actually kind of stretching it out right now we're down by 11 against Phoenix clay just got kicked out of the game with two texts beefing with Devin Booker pointing to his hand like I got four of those y'all talking all that shit talk that shit when it's time oh yeah that's right We had to beat the team to beat y'all to uh, reclaim our throne on top of the Western Conference. But I digress because if you want to know about basketball, check out the YouTube, which I will plug at the end of this podcast. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah, the New York Football Giants. The New York Football Giants acquired another victory. And they stand at the record of six wins and one loss. 
their latest conquest happened in Jacksonville, home of AEW. Home of that trash ass wrestling organization to go along with the trash ass football team that resides in Jacksonville. You know who else is trash? Trevor Lawrence. You know, I was talking to the hidden gem czar himself, the Mojo King, this past Sunday. And I was saying, you know, I'm looking at this game and I am not impressed at all by Mr. Trevor Lawrence. The number one draft pick out of Clemson. I'm not impressed. And the czar himself was like, well, you know, Zach Wilson ain't nothing to write home about. We ain't talking about Zach. Talking about trash ass Trevor Lawrence. There was two passes in particular that if he completed those passes, maybe the game would have been out of reach for the Giants to uh, overtake them, overtake the lead. They started out aggressive. They scored the returning, uh, the answering touchdown and went for went for two points and they converted. So they had an 8-7 lead early in the game. But two times, I believe once, once late in the first half and once in the second half, there was gimme throws for wide open receivers that re- would have resulted in touchdowns and Trevor Lawrence missed them both and missed them by a long, a long margin, a wide margin. But that's not to take away from the New York football giants. Big Blue, the G-Men, had an interesting strategy this past Sunday. They opened up. They opened up the game, opening up the offense, and having Danny Dimes drop dimes all over the field. And they marched down the, marched down the field to score a touchdown for the first time in their opening drive since, I believe, the stat was 2016, 2017, something to that effect, something crazy like that. It was over like three, four years since they scored and they opened the drive. And even in the ensuing drives after that, they concentrated on the passing game. Wondell, what, Wondell Robinson? He has a potential. He has the potential to be Danny Dimes' is, uh, go-to go-to player, go-to receiver, because time after time after time after time, the receivers would drop the dimes that Danny delivered. Say that three times fast. I ain't. On an occasion, matter of fact, multiple occasions, you actually saw some fire come out of Danny Dimes. Following uh, one of the drops, he was uh, videotaped mouthing, are you fu- catch the fucking ball. Are you serious? Catch the ball. I was feeling that same way. But then in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, they turned the tide by relying on Saquon Barkley to grind up the clock, to grind up the yards to ground and pound their opponent into oblivion. And that's what the Giants did. Only, and this was, to me, there was no, it was no fault of Saquon that he went out of bounds. Um, I believe the last drive that 
put them up by seven with the field goal. But he went out of bounds when he was trying to eat up the clock, and that allowed Jacksonville to have enough time to drive down the field and potentially tie the game up. But it was all for naught. The defense stiffened when he needed it the most. Almost, you know what, I'm not going to say that. Brian Dayball, once again, putting Daniel Jones in the position to succeed. Do you know Daniel Jones had over 300 yards total offense? And the reason I say total offense, because he had 200-plus passing and 100-plus running. He was carving them up. And if he can remain healthy with the usage rate, being increased but he's cut down on the turnovers he's not having those those strip sacks he's not having those unforced fumbles i am tempted tempted to say that daniel jones might have just earned him earned his keep with the franchise saquon barkley might have just earned his keep with the franchise because right now if and I'm not even, even going to glance at the schedule. But I believe I said at the beginning of the year in the NFC, 10 games will get you in the postseason. With 10 games remaining, the Giants already have six. 11 games is a cinch. Giants only have to go four and six to win 10 games. And looking at the schedule, they have the commanders twice. You mean to tell me they can't at least split that? That's one. They have the Lions. That's two. Uh, They have the Eagles twice. But most importantly, the last game of the season. Now, if the last game of the season is totally meaningless for the Eagles, that's a victory. That's three. Fuck it. Uh... Seattle, you mean to tell me they can't go into Seattle and claim victory over bum-ass Geno Smith? That's four right there. That's four right there. And I know there's some games that I'm forgetting about right now. But they stand at the record of six and one. And they have no choice but to get healthier. Because you got Evan Neal, who's out right now with an MCL sprain. You got Braided in out with a knee injury. And I already told you, uh, the tight end, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name, but he got a fractured uh, orbital bone. But you got 10, 10 games left in the season. They should be back by the stretch run. I'm telling you. The Dreamin'. Have a lot, have a lot to be happy about. The G-men have proved their worth for this season. The G-men will not receive no slander from yours truly. I, I think there's a misconception going on in the in the atmosphere of Donnie U being a G-men hater. A G-man non-believer. 
No, 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 no. I'm not going to rehash um, old bitter feelings from the past. But when I give them the platform that they richly deserve, it is sincere. It is sincere. Do you not see the smile on my face? The Giants. Who would have thought that the Giants would be player bound, pretty much set in stone, halfway through the fucking season? Not I. But once again, this is becoming a common occurrence. Kudos to the G-Men. These fuckers are trash! The long-awaited return of these fuckers are trash. Ain't no awards being given out today. There's so many. There's so many fucking teams that I got on my shit list this week. Man, listen. Man, listen. Around the NFL... I'm going to get these little tidbits out real quick. Get all the housekeeping out the way. Christian McCaffrey, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, all pro, all everything, running back, was traded last week. To the San Francisco 49ers for a second rounder, a third rounder, a fourth rounder this year, and a fifth rounder the following year. Seemed like there was like a, a fire sale, even though the owner of the Carolina Panthers said to the contrary. They had just traded Robbie Anderson to the Arizona Cardinals. And now you un- unload Christian McCaffrey. But there's a lot of connections going on. The Shanahan connection. The Ed McCaffrey connection from back in the Denver days. It's a lot of moving parts. A lot of fam- uh, familiarity when it comes to them. Right? You would think in the lead-up to the showdown against Kansas City at home. They would have had a better showing. No, 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 no. They lost at home to Kansas City to the score of 44-20. But the only excuse that they do have to lean on is the fact, I believe, three-fourths of this secondary was out with injuries, along with linebacker along with um hobbled bosa on the defensive line but a loss of the loss of the loss and looking at the rest of the division you would have thought two weeks ago that they was in prime position to take control of the division nope 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 they're 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 lumped in with the Arizona Cardinals, who got DeAndre Hopkins back. 
And what a difference DeAndre Hopkins it did to the Arizona Cardinals. In the least pre in the weeks preceding, they were struggling to score, especially in the red zone. So of course, DeAndre Hopkins Hopkins returns and Arizona drops 42 on the New Orleans Saints at home last Thursday night. But shouldn't it surprise me? Because New Orleans is trash. Andy Dalton, two picks, two pick sixes in the loss. And it's not like Jameis Winston is going to be riding to the rescue with a, two fractures in his back. Hmm. Trash. Fucking trash. You know who else is trash? In my books, especially based on this last weekend, that would be none other than the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I said it. Justin Herbert had a horrendous game. Horrendous, I tell you. Not only did he hurt me in fantasy, he hurt me because I had the Chargers as part of two of, well, as part of a parlay that I decided to bet this past week. Now, I've told myself and I've told my son Chef Mix because he's kind of caught the Camden bug also. But I told him, I'm like, you know what? I need to remain disciplined when it comes to my wages, when it comes to my gambling techniques. And even though I did hit for a parlay a couple weeks ago, that is not going to be an every week occurrence because every week is always something that throws a wrench in my fucking plans. So I'm going to tell you about the first parlay I had. Let's see. Okay. I had a six-way parlay. Money line only. The Giants, the Dreamin', the Packers over the Commanders, the Jets over the Broncos, the Raiders over the Texans, the Chargers over the Seahawks. Oh, how was I mistaken? And last but not least, the Chiefs over the 49ers. I was sweating bullets early in the early in that afternoon based on the Giants because I swear I'm so funny. I bet against the Giants as a survivor pick because I figured they were the most vulnerable to get uh to follow my strategy of picking the worst team possible and see if you could escape by that week. But I figured they were gonna be the most vulnerable and tell you the truth up until the final seconds, they were vulnerable. But I wasn't going to put no money on that fact. So with my parlay, I actually checked off the Giants over the Jaguars. Now here's where the trash shit starts. And my Sunday was effectively over by 4 o'clock that afternoon. 
The Green Bay Packers lost their third consecutive game, this time against the Washington Commanders, with Tyler Haneke. Heineke, Heineke, Heineke. Fucking Aaron Rodgers lost to a fucking Heineken bottle. How is that possible? Three in a row. First time. This is the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career that he is under 500 this late into the season. Albeit it's only week seven. He is four, three and four this season. Three game winners, three game loser streak. First time I think they said, first time they've lost three straight in at least six years, if I'm not mistaken. And if I was paying better attention, and this I would take fault for, if I was paying better attention and realized that Carson Wentz was not going to play, I probably would not have put this on my parlay because. One thing, one thing for sure, Taylor, yeah, Taylor Heineke galvanizes that game, galvanizes that, that team. Remember, he led them to a wild card appearance um, two years ago in the absence of Alex Smith. Now, my, sec- my, my next leg was the New York Jets, who I already spoke about dominating the Denver Broncos, the Raiders, especially being the fact I just did money line and not by the spread, beat the Houston Texans in convincing fashion in the fourth quarter. Now, here is another part where the trash shit peeked his head out. The Los Angeles Chargers at home lost to bummer ass Geno Smith, 37 to 23 and it wasn't that close i believe justin herbert had an interception had a fumble justin herbert just struggled all around props to seattle by uh even though they did lose dk metcalf to a knee injury to a leg injury and i believe they said he'll probably be two to four weeks last last reading but um, props to Seattle by keeping their head above water and actually knowing exactly what they were doing by getting rid of Russell Wilson, not tanking, and handing the keys over to Geno Smith. Even though I will never let live let him live that sh- corny-ass saying, they tried to write me off. I just didn't write back. Don't get the fuck out of here, bum-ass Geno Smith. Even more so because he cost me some coin. By that, by that time, it didn't fucking matter because A-Rod cost me coin earlier. And the Chiefs beat the 49ers by the score of 44 to 23. I was mistaken. Now, my second parlay was uh, Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns, which was a win. Nick Chubb, anytime touchdown score, which was a win. Tyreek Hill, bum ass, only had 50 yards. And I had him for plus 100. But it never came down to Tyreek Hill's production, luckily. It came down to the early game in which I had the Tampa Bay Bucks, who were the biggest spread this past week, a 13-point 
favorite against the Carolina Panthers, who had just jettisoned the aforementioned Christian McCaffrey out of the state of Carolina, back to the West Coast, who had got rid of Robbie Anderson, who is still trying to figure out who their quarterback was, and P.J. Walker was able to start and thrive. And they got an all-important victory for Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And while I'm happy for Steve Wilkes, I'm happy for the Carolina Panther team. What the fuck was that, Tom? Tom. Tom. Tom Brady. What was that, Tom? I swear, have you ever noticed that this year, every time you see him in public, every time you see him behind a podium in a press conference, it looks like Tom Brady's face is melting. Like one eye is bigger than the other. Like he, like, I believe like, it's almost like this year he's had, um, he was, the cyborg that is Tom Brady has short circuited. Mike Evans dropped an easy breakaway touchdown pass early in the game. And that's set the tone. The Bucks only was able to muster up three points of total, three points of offense. And that came, I believe, late in the third, early fourth quarter. There was a chance, and there was numerous people online that was bemoaning the fact of Tom Brady and the Bucks, because that was like a gimme. I ain't gonna lie. The reason my sixth leg was so cheap was because I put that gimme in because the Buccaneers was minus 675 to win. 13-point favorite on the road to win. Two-touchdown favorite to win. And they lost. Fucking trash! And like I said, my fantasy was affected by these trash acts. Justin Herbert only gave me 20 points. Brees Hall, due to his injury, I only got 13 points. Michael Carter in his uh, stead only gave me 9 points. Chris Godwin, bumass, only gave me 11 and a half. Brandon Ayuk gave me 15, which was on par with what I expected. Juju Smith-Schuster showed out, gave me 28. Everett only gave me 11. And Mike Williams gave me 20.6. So where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? I had 137 points. But I was not able to crack the top half in my double up and my 50-50 on DraftKings DFS. So I lost 20 bucks. Plus the three parlays I had. Matter of fact, the two parlays I had. Plus, uh, I think I threw something on the basketball game, and I just came out a total fucking loser. But you know, there is a part two of these fuckers of trash. Call it the baseball trash edition. Yeah, yeah. I told y'all, Donnie's a fucking asshole. You know, I was going to start off this segment all grandiose. 
I was going to have some music playing in the background. Matter of fact, I was going to lead this segment off with some music. Not really music describing anything that I was going to spew. Just some music for the vibe. But I was like, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm going to be very understated. I'm going to be very understated because everything I'm going to say has been proven to be also, I told myself I was going to exhibit growth. So, me exhibiting that growth that I speak of, I need to be very tactful in what I say. I'm not going to draw this out. The New York Yankees, the Stankies. Those bum ass dudes from the burnt down Bronx. Their season ended this past weekend at the hands of their own personal boogeyman, the Houston Astros. Actually, as I predicted a couple months ago, only difference is their elimination didn't happen in the humble abode of Houston. No, it did not. They were unceremoniously swept. Yes, that's right. They lost four games to zip in the championship in the championship round, the ALCS. But they were swept. And not only were they swept out of the postseason, they were swept and eliminated on their home turf. Yeah, man. It was an embarrassing showing by the boys in the pinstripes. I believe there's a factoid that I have. And that factoid is this. Do you know that the New York Yankees in their four-game elimination by the at the hands of the Houston Astros, Houston Astros struck out 50 times in four games? Yeah, that's right. They struck out 50 times in four games. Hmm. Sorry, I was so rudely interrupted because I made a mistake and pressed the stop button. But in game four, they had the chance to scrap for that elusive victory. And maybe, just maybe, be able to take the Houston back. I mean, take the series back to Houston. On a routine, on a routine double play ball. Handled by Gleyber Torres. He threw to IKF, who promptly bobbled and could not handle the throw. And that op- that left the door open for Houston to do what they've done all postseason. And that's capitalized on the mistakes of their opponent. They swept, y'all. They swept the Yankees without even getting any prime production. From Alvarez. 
from um who's this motherfucker? I'm gonna look him up now. Altuve. But in the clinching game, he was two for four, even though he had a 188 batting average for the series. Bregman, one for four with the RBI. Guriel, one for four with the RBI. And those are the hot hitters. Along with Pena, who was two for four with three RBIs in the clinching game. The New York Yankees, once again, came up quiet at the plate. I believe another stat that's floating around. Aaron Judge was 1 for 16 in the ALCS. 1 for 16. I told everybody, yeah, he got the 62 home runs. But that I believe that quest for 62 took a toll on his mental. He was mentally fried when he got to the postseason. Matter of fact, you know, the Yankees were actually lucky to get out of the divisional round and escape with a three victory to two um, triumph over the Cleveland Guardians. Only due to the inexperience of the Cleveland Guardians is why the Yankees even made it to the ALCS. Didn't I also say that Gary Cole was going to come up short in the postseason. Yeah, I did say so. Due to the Yankees' inability to put away Cleveland in short order, their rotation was not properly set going into the ALCS, even with the bye. You had Luis Severino, who was valiant, in his start, but wasn't up to snuff. You had to wait until game three when you was already down two games to zip, two games to love to pull out your ace. And the ace is supposed to be a stopper at home. Pivotal game three. And partly of his own doing and partly due to your manager, Aaron Boone, who took out Cole, who was still effective and put in a reliever that was not so effective. Hmm. Now the scuttlebutt there goes that word. I haven't said that in a while. The scuttlebutt around the Yankees, the Jankies is whether or not they should relieve Aaron Boone of his duties, which probably is not going to happen because they just gave him an extension prior to this past season they're not going to eat that new money so then the focus goes to brian cashman but if they have not moved on from brian cashman over the last five years after they come tantalizingly close but yet so far from the ultimate goal i don't believe they're going to move on from brian cashman either because what's the alternative and that leads us to the last move The rumors is about that the, not, on, not only are the Yankees trying to desperately retain the rights of Aaron Judge, you know, Mr. Son of Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. Not only are they trying to hopefully retain his services, 
the Giants said they will not be outbid by anyone. And when they were talking about anyone, they're talking about the Dodgers because the Dodgers have stuck their head into play. But looming in the background is Mr. Cohen, Mr. Steve Cohen, of the owner of the New York Metropolitans. And I will say it's only if Steve Cohen wants Aaron Judge will he be in anybody else's uniform if Steve Cohen deems the fact that eh, you know what I don't want Aaron Judge then he will not be a Met so it's not it won't be the fact that we would be outbid it was just the fact that we would just discard that shit like you know what we got big and better plans telling you telling you but not only am I telling you about that, I've told y'all year in and year out, you know what the Yankees do to their fans, to their fan base, to their faithful. They let them down year after year after year. Excuse me. Do you know that this has been the longest stretch I believe in New York Yankee history that they have not made an World Series appearance, 13 years and counting. I told y'all all these accolades that y'all accomplished, all these accomplishments during the season means nothing when the when the lights are the brightest because time after time after time, y'all come up, y'all come up the smallest. Like I said, I'm going to be tactful and I'm going to speak nothing but truth. I'm not going to be gloat. I'm not going to be boastful. I'm not going to be cocky because, to tell you the truth, my team didn't even make it to the divisional round. But we're not talking about the Metro Islands. We're talking about everything that I said about the New York Stankies has been proven correct. The bats came up small. Garrett Cole did not earn his keep, a.k.a. his $300-plus million contract. And the Yankees got eliminated by the Astros. Everything I said has been correct. So, to uh, bottom line this, I did say earlier that there would, there would not be any awards given out. I've reconsidered. So, the first winner, the first recipient of the They Fuckers of Trash award for this uh, portion of the year. The New York Yankees Trash. Nice and smooth, we're here to soothe you and make you move and show and prove to you we keep coming back with more and more hits. Nice and smooth, we're here to soothe you and make you move and show and prove to you we keep coming back with more and more hits. 
I met this girl at the French Riviera. She said, Smoothie, won't you come near her and let me kiss your lips and give you a treat? I said, Baby, listen, I'm not dissing, but I'm not one who goes around kissing each and every woman I meet on the street. I like a girl with some class. Nice and smooth, not a girl that's too fast. Please take my people number and chill. I'm not ill. I like things at a cool out pace. It's me and you, not a relay race. You see, I'm not greedy. Slow down, speedy. Save those handouts forward, needy. I respect you. I won't neglect you. And try my damnedest to protect you. Cause you're fly, girl. So don't play yourself. Splurging's bad for your health. Well, people, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Salty Thoughts and Donnie Ooh podcast. As I said in the beginning, and I will say it again at the end, I'd like to thank each and every one of y'all for making me and this here podcast the one y'all chose to listen to. Next week, more the same, more the same. Minus the baseball talk, because baseball is truly, truly over on this here fucking platform. But I will discuss the latest, hopefully the latest victory of my JETS 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 because it is Patriots Week. We have the New England Patriots coming to East Rutherford, New Jersey, coming to MetLife Stadium, coming. Yes, I will talk about that next week. And I will discuss, hopefully, another victory for the G-Men, the New York Football Giants, in the excursion to the Great Northwest in their battle against bum-ass Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. And, uh... Depending on how my luck is, there will either be another edition of Donnie doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, or depending on the quality of play by the teams that are on the slate, might be another edition of these fuckers are trash. Only way to find out is if you tune in. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm going to be very serious for a moment. I dedicate this episode to my Uncle James, G-Building. Today was his birth, well, yeah. Yesterday, October 25th, was his birthday. Um, Uncle James passed away approximately 11 years ago this month. Um, So, I... I don't, I don't know why this year in particular, but I just felt like a strong feeling. And I did a couple things that um, he would normally do for his birthday. Um, Power off. He always used to go to Cat's Deli, the original, down the LES, down on, on Houston Street. Um, go get some corned beef and pastrami and all that. Always stop at the house. Damn, they give us the old sandwich, all the meat. And, um, of course, t- 
take a couple shots of Henny. So that's what I did this this year. But um, like I said, I dedicate this episode to Uncle James. Um, if you met Uncle James, you would love him. You would always remember him. Um, Uncle James truly embodied the saying of, I love the kids because there wasn't a kid that he didn't love. If he didn't fuck with your kid, that probably means your kid had issues. And that was very few and far between. So um, take this moment of silence for Uncle James's birthday. Okay. Since I did tell y'all what was coming up next week, um, I got a lot of I got a little um housekeeping to do, which is the norm, but a lot of housekeeping for myself. So let's get this first thing out the way. For everything Donnie Ooh, Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh merch can be bought at easytree.me slash world of Donnie Ooh. And, of course, if you want to hear Donnie Ooh spit some hot fire, you know, hot fire! Some freestyles, remixes, and all that bullshit. That can be heard at easytree.me slash Donnie Ooh. Now, it's not just the fact that I always just say, if you want to hear Donnie Ooh spit some hot fire, you can listen to that. reason I've been extra emphasizing or emphasizing that shit a little extra is because Elders EP Jay Furman Donnie Ooh, the Elders EP coming out November 4th on Bandcamp. Yeah, that's right. I got a release date, baby. November 4th, which I believe is approximately a week and a half from now, which is next Friday, be exact. Bandcamp Friday, to be exact. Jay Furman. Donnie Ooh, The Elders EP, coming out November 4th. Trust and believe, you will enjoy it. And please support it. Pretty please, for sugar on top, even though I don't pay. Shit. The Elders EP, Jay Furman, Donnie Ooh, November 4th, available on Bandcamp. Download the app so you can make your purchase and download it to whatever device you choose to download it to. Yes, that's number one. Number two. Tomorrow, Thursday. You know what Thursday is? You know what Thursday is on the YouTube streets? That's right. Hidden Gems Football. That's right. Hidden Gems Football. Hosted. By none other, yours truly, Donnie Ooh, and the Hidden Gem Czar himself, the Mojo King. Each week, we bless the screen with our handsome mugs while we're chopping it up about, you know, the pigskin, the football, the, foo- the foosball, if you will. We'll give you my one big thing, my one big take. From the past week's NFL action. We'll get you ready for Thursday night action. 
And last but not least, we will definitely prime you and get you very prepared for your survivor pick. Yes, each week, Hidden Gems Golf, every Thursday on YouTube, specifically at my cousin's spot down the way, the 19 Media Group YouTube page. Check us out. You'll be glad you did. Even though last week my predictions were kind of in the trash. But I'm not nominating myself for I'm not a fucker. No, I'm not trash. So if you had the inkling of, yo, you talking about his 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 predictions were trash. How come no 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 that's not how the shit this that's not how this shit works at all. Anyway, every Thursday, hidden gems golf on the 19 Media Group YouTube page. And while I'm talking about YouTubes and shit, check out my YouTube page. The official YouTube page of the Salty Daughter Donnie O podcast. The YouTube page of Mike Steph, in which I just dropped, I just released part one of Donnie's third annual half-assed NBA preview. Concentrating on the Eastern Conference, more specifically about my New York Knickerbockers and those gentrification motherfuckers downtown Brooklyn. All that. It was a pretty interesting, interesting chat, if I do say so myself. That can be, that is, matter of fact, that is exclusively on the YouTube page of Mike Steph. Donnie's third annual half-assed NF, no, NBA preview exclusively on the YouTube page of Mike Steph. So I think that's all the, you know, housekeeping. The plugs for yours truly, if you will. So I need to uh, almost get out of here, but give a quick, quick couple words. Check out the aforementioned Hidden Gems Czar, the Mojo King, and his Hidden Gems Golf, which each week he unearths all the gems in the world of fantasy golf, and he triple dips. He already has Hidden Gems Football. I already just told you about Hidden Gems Golf. And then him and his partner, Willie Freeman, unearth all the Hidden Gems in the history of hip-hop with Hip Hop Hidden Gems. Check out their latest episode in which they break down the one gem, one verse. The verse of the legendary Nas. Check them out on all streaming platforms where podcasts are available. While we're talking about podcasts, while we're talking about the 19 Media Group, check out the brothers from Arizona, Gimmick Infringement, Winchester, and McDowell, or Winchester, and McDowell. Each week, they prove to the masses that they are much more than just a wrestling podcast. Even though they do go over wrestling, they let you know what happened on the past week's action in WWE, AEW, amongst others. But not only that, not only do they give a quick recap, Tyler McDowell with his Rose from Tyler, you know, Rose in Paradise. No, they double dipped in damn self. They're coming out with a limited, a limited, a limited series going over Jordan Peele's um, movie releases 
called the Pale Cast, in which Winchester and McDowell team up with Jabari Davis of NBA Finals Podcast, hosted with Robert Ory. And the man behind, Mad Boosties of the iHeart Radio Network. They will. This week, I'm going to read, once again, verbatim, so I don't fuck up their plug. Part two of the Peel cast focuses on Jordan Peel's sophomore effort, us. The conversation centers on how all the participants felt about the film. And nobody feels quite exactly the same. And lastly, how Jordan Peel uses animals in all his films. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Check that out. That is on the 19 Media Group's YouTube page. And check it out in audio form everywhere. Everywhere. All streaming platforms wherever podcasting is available. Now, the Peelcast. Gimmick infringement. Hidden gems of various amounts. Hidden gems golf, hidden gems football, and hip hop in the gems. All those, that fucking group of podcasts are part of the 19 Media Group. Last but not least, check out the bro, Baltimore's number one reviewer of spirits. Body bottoms on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Check them out on Instagram. The Instagram by the same name of Potty More Bottles. On Instagram, like and subscribe. Check them out any place visual. Because if you follow them, trust and believe, you're going to come up with some concoctions. You're going to be witness, bear witness of the genius that is Potty More Bottles. He drops when he drops drops weekly sometimes he 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 does a a monday tuesday wednesday thursday 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 friday saturday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday monday what you know that you just gotta follow the follow the brother follow the dude follow the homie all the concoctions because um i mixed my concoction of blanco henny or should i say henny blanco on the rocks in a body more bottles rocks glass with the coast of the match because huh. i'm about that body more bottle life check out the homie on youtube body more bottles yeah because i said so <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> you heard me <laughs> I, yo I'm, I'm not gonna lie i kind of blinked on what i usually say so anyway think that's it. I think that's it. I think I'm pushing this to like 90 minutes, so fuck it. Once again, catch me on the YouTube streets currently at the YouTube page of Mike Steph for Donnie's third annual half-ass NBA preview. And check me out tomorrow, one half of the Hidden Gems football crew, where we chop it up about football. But, um, yeah, so... Until next week. Goodbye. Bye.
nice little place that I like to go to. 